Hi, everyone. This is Lead with Who You Are. I'm Dia Bondi, and on this show, we explore and discover what it truly means to lead with who you are, and we're doing it with people who embody just that. In this episode today, we're talking with Christina Jones about action leadership and your obligation as a leader at any level to make room for others and other voices. Now, Christina Jones is a woman who absolutely knows who she is, and she gives us all permission to connect who we are with the work we do. Let's get into it. Hey, just a quick reminder. You can subscribe to this show on your podcast platform of choice. We're live nearly everywhere, and you can always listen to the show at diabondi.com. If there's a leader or innovator in your life who is at their shiniest when they lead with who they truly are, please share the show with them and rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. It makes a huge difference in the reach that the show has when you let everyone else know what you love about the show. Thanks so much. So Christina is an intentional storyteller with a focus on action, impact, and culture. And as Chief Engagement Officer at Salesforce.org, Christina and her team use world-class storytelling to reach new audiences and spotlight Salesforce.org as the technology platform built to power purpose. She believes that when people and communities thrive, business thrives. And her team integrates customer advocacy, media partnerships, and influencer strategies to build lasting relationships. In 2020, Christina was named to the Ebony Power 100 and was featured in the World Woman Foundation's She's My Hero campaign. Christina, welcome. Hi, Christina. Hi. It's so nice to see slash hear you. I mean, I'm seeing you. Folks listening will be hearing you, but I'm so glad to have you on Lead With Who You Are. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you so much for inviting me. So, um, yeah, I have to say when I sent the note out to say like, hey, would you come be on the show? And you said, yes. I was like double, like fist pump moment. Um, You know, you and I met uh, not too long ago and had a chance to do some collaborating. And I just thought that you would be such a, a fabulous contribution to this, to this conversation around what it means to lead with who we are, you know, and uh, I just want to start by, we already, we've already, uh, you know, we've set up your intro and your bio, but I want to still ask this really sort of fundamental question, which is, you know, how might you answer the question, who are you? That's a layered question, isn't it? <laughs> because I like to think that I'm still a work in progress. I'm, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend, I'm a gardener, I'm a mini farmer, but I'm also um, a culture creator. I love culture and how it creates seismic shifts in our diverse world. I like to think of myself as a brand steward. Um, but if you look at my LinkedIn, it's going to tell you that I'm the chief engagement officer at salesforce.org. Um, and my focus really is being on an intentional storyteller. Um, I like to use my abundance of resources in my work life to create opportunities that inspire action leadership, uh, not just across my organization, but out in the world. Um, I try to be intentional in greenlighting programs, partnerships, um, content that spotlight the challenges that I know tech and collaboration can solve, like you know, workforce development, climate change, health. But I also like to use my platform to ensure that I'm sponsoring other people in my orbit so that they too can find success in their careers and 
transform into action leaders themselves. What I love about how you answered this question and also how I experience you as a leader from the moment that we met the first time we were on a call together was that that notion of being intentional and also how elegantly you bridge your own sort of your own story and values and the the work, the job of the work that you do every day, no matter what you're engaging with. So how how do you so easily, it seems so easily, bridge your own voice and the voice of the organization that you work with? Thank you, Dia. You know, I think first I have to say that the first time we met, I was like, oh, we're going to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I don't think I've ever answered yes to doing anything as quickly as I have when you reached out about joining you in this conversation. Oh, I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you so much. Well, because I, when I think you lead with your values and your beliefs as well, and I, I don't think that people understand that they can. Uh, you know, I, um, it took me a while to find my voice, uh, but when I did, there was no turning back. Um, and so I do believe that it is imperative. It's an imperative that you first understand who you are it helps define your life, not just your career. Uh, we spend so much time at work. Um, why not work on things that we're passionate about? You know, um, I do work in technology, but even before I was in .org, I was creating platforms uh, to create space for people to talk about um, the change, but not to just talk about the change, but to spotlight people who are talking about the change and doing, that's my passion. My passion is shining a light on action leaders whose focus is on making the world a better place. Um, I love stories. I'm a storyteller myself. I like to, I like to tell stories that drive change. Um, there's so much bad news out in the world. Can we create space to tell some good stories? Um, you know, I recently had the honor of um, connecting with women and girls uh, at a girls' leadership gala. And that gala was focused on finding the power um, and using your voice. And I'm going to share their definition with you. I know you're going to love it. Leadership is making others and situations better as a result of your presence and making that impact last in your absence. This work can begin at any age and doesn't require a title or a role. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's beautiful. And I I want to get on to talking about this notion of action leadership. But before I do, I want to go back to what you said a minute ago. That, that's, that is absolutely beautiful. And you, sa you said something, I, I'm forgetting the words exactly right now, but w once you find your voice, yeah. it's, you can't go back. Yeah. And, you know, I find that with the leaders that I work with, you know, I work with professional CEOs as well as VC-backed founders who are CEOing for the very first time and not necessarily because they ascended, but because they put a stake in the ground around building something and they're learning how to CEO while they're doing it. They're learning and, and, and there is an incredible... Um, there's an incredible power in once you, there's like this thing where finding your voice is about, I know this is about the content, being clear about what your values and action look like, you know, having, developing your own point of view, understanding your platform, but there's an actual experience of the experience of touching your own voice, experiencing your own voice in a way that's so aligned to who you are. That is such an, an overwhelming, I, I, I literally watch leaders find it or hear it kind of for the first time. 
and it's such a compelling experience for them, they can't go back. Now it is the way in which the, the aspiration for 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 everything, you know, for every way in which they use their voice. So it's always a, a stretch to try to get back to that and stay aligned with that experience of like, oh, there I am. I'm getting chills as you're talking about it because that is the crux of it. It is it is the moment that you understand that not only do you have something to say when you realize that someone wants to hear it. I don't know how you, if you experience this in your own leadership journey or as you've mentored other leaders in this space, but there's also something about it is so, there's a moment where it's like they touch it and they almost want to back away from it, even though it's exciting and thrilling because it's so powerful and compelling. The question isn't like, you know, can you speak that? It's can you tolerate your own power when you found it? There's like this, you're you're nodding your head. Folks can't see, but you're nodding your head. What's the nod? Yeah, yeah, it's great. I'm sitting here like that is so that is accurate and it is powerful. And um and it's necessary, especially if you're gonna lead people. You have to lead, I almost don't want to use the word authentically, but you have to lead authentically not in the way that you read someone else leads, but in the way that is authentic to who you are as a person. Why are you in this role? Why did you start this company? What problem were you trying to solve? What in your past put you on this path to understanding that there was a problem that needed to solve that you saw an opportunity to fix. Like, I think, you know, for me, it's storytelling, you know, for technologists, it's building new technology for entrepreneurs. Like what is the thing, but like, but it's not just about the thing that you make. I I, I talk to my teams about this a lot. It's the why. Yes. And I find that it's what you bring to it. Yep. Yeah. What is it that you're bringing to the thing that you're doing. I I talk to folks all the time and I'm like, okay, great. So you're this, you're the C fill in the blank, but like I get your job description, but are you, are you the culture guy? Are you the, are you the data woman? Are you the, like, are you the person who is, you know, a champion for, are you the collaboration nerd? Like what is the (laughs) thing that you are bringing to the challenge that will help unlock the potential um, in solving that that problem. Now, when we now we're kind of leaning into the world of like doing. So I want to I want to move into this question of like you know you've used already in our conversation this term action leadership. Can you help me understand instead of thought leadership, which is a, like nomenclature we're very familiar with in our you know in our um, in sort of the business community now. Can can you talk a little bit about this term action leadership and where it came from and and sort of how you came to naming and claiming that? Yes, absolutely. I think that we can all agree that we are tired of thought leadership. I am exhausted by it. Uh, I don't want to hear, especially with what's going on in the world right now, I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear about people talking about the things that we should be doing different. I don't want to talk about the change that needs to happen in the world. I don't want to talk about what's happening in climate. I want to hear from people who are driving the change that needs to happen. We all know after countless years of hearing about we need to be better about a myriad of things, equality climate, global health, gun control. But who is actually doing something to drive the change? I'm tired of people sending up prayers. 
I want people to do something. We all have the opportunity to do something. If you are working, if you are not working, you can join a group that is doing this. You you don't have to just sit back, put your head in the sand and go like, well, it just is what it is because that's not going to get us to where we need to go. So recognizing action leadership, standing next to or, you know, uh, cuddling up to um, storytelling, one is the doing and one is the demonstrating or talking about the doing. So how does one think about storytelling and putting together storytelling and action in the storytelling? Are you are you asking us to spend time pointing and elevating the actions that are happening instead of just lecturing the world? Correct. If you have a phone or access to social media, you are a content creator. If you are a content creator, you are a culture creator. Be intentional with the words that you say. Be intentional with the people that you use your platform to highlight. If you're in marketing and you're creating content, why would you focus on negativity? Why not focus? Choose to use your platform for good. I really have a problem when people have an opportunity to like use their platforms to shine light on positivity and change. And instead they use it for like, at the worst, shining a light on negativity. We don't need any more of that. At the mediocre, it's just using it as the playbook of like, I need to say this, check this, check this, check that without driving change. Storytelling is how we've been sharing our history since we were sitting around fires talking. Like, let's use it to create community and, and change. I am maniacal about focusing on what stories that we tell and how we express them. Because there's one other piece, you need to be careful when you have these storytelling platforms about how you represent people as well. So speaking, you just sort of touched on this idea of being a content creator. So, you know, you've talked about um, that that all marketing and brand leaders uh, should really see or can see themselves, you know, and, and, and maybe even must see themselves yes. as content creators. Yes. So talk about what that means. And you just, you just started to, but help me understand what, what that really means. Let's start with the fact that um, when you're telling a story of communities, maybe that don't look like you, be mindful of the way that you tell that story. You know, uh, the solve, a quick solve for that is to make sure that you have an inclusive team, right? Um, so that you don't step in it. You know, c- cancel culture is real. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't love cancel culture. It create it prevents space for people to grow. It also prevents people from having real conversations where you understand what they're actually thinking so that maybe you can change a mindset. But moving away from that, I think that you need to be intentional in the way that you tell a story. Technology is not saving Black people. Black people are saving themselves by understanding how to leverage technology. Uh, you know, um, Wow, that really shifts. Right. Like that's a shift of the where the locus of control is or where the power exactly. is. Um, at the end of every tool is a human. Can we lean into the human story? Uh, you know, technology can be an accelerator. I work at, you know, salesforce.org. We create purpose-built products that are um, our communities, our customers who are all action leaders trying to solve the world's biggest problems use 
but our customers are the action leaders, not our technology. Um, and so just reframing that. So if we use the definition you shared earlier around leadership for the Women and Girls event that you attended um, early, earlier this month, and we think about people who are not maybe ordained leaders, don't have the title or the, you know, the decision-making power directly, but have the opportunity to have an impact around a table when a story is being crafted, when a story is being assembled, when a story is being, you know, born. Um, how do How do folks... So this wasn't a question I was planning on asking, but like, how does a person at the, where does someone start? When do they start thinking of themselves as content creators, even if their name isn't on the credits? Is, is that a, is that a goofy no. question? No, it's not a goofy question. I, I, uh, you're going to tap into like my other passion point. I believe that when you end up having a seat at the table, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something a little controversial but you already know me. <laughs> so, Yes, Hurricane. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Earthquake. So, <laughs> so um, Shirley Chisholm would no longer be satisfied with a folding chair, right? I, do, I, I believe that when you um, are offered a seat at the table, you need to make sure it's a real seat at the table. And when you do that, you need to be mindful and ensure that you are pulling up a whole bunch more seats at the table. Um, when people don't do that, it is generally coming from a scarcity mindset. It means I made it to this table and I'm the only voice that matters and no one else can be at this table. Um, when you come from an abundance mindset, it means that the more chairs that you pull up, the more opportunity you're creating, the more voices that you're hearing from. And so like I go around, I, I'm, I'm hyper-focused on making sure that the teams that I work with all have career growth and understand the path to success for them in their specific career. But I also don't really care what their title is when I'm asking for advice or inputs or thoughts, you know, I love brainstorming. Um, in technology, it's taken a while for my teams to somewhat, somewhat understand what brainstorming is because they go straight to action sometimes. But sometimes it's okay. And everyone listening, this is from the action leadership lady, just saying she's like, yes. it's not all about action all the time. There's yeah. a moment for something else. Active listening. <laughs> Active listening. Yes. It means that you don't, you know, pull up a whiteboard just so that people can listen to you talk and I'll agree and tell you that you're amazing. It means that you pull up a whiteboard and you hear from everyone and you're vulnerable enough and create space for people to have an authentic conversation and, and disagree with you. The first idea is very rarely the best idea, as you know. Well, I hear that also as imagining, I'm imagining, you know, uh, a room where there's walls and walls of whiteboards and, and you know, a, a full round table with people from early career to senior leadership, you know, who are the, the, who have their names on the, on the jobs, right? Um, that, that what that also means, if you see yourself early in your career, early in your leadership as a, a um, as a contributor and as a content creator, even if it's not you creating content in a silo and away from everybody, but as a contributor to the stories that are being told, that you have a responsibility or 
I don't know if, I, if it's a responsibility. I'm curious if that's how you see it to, to share your perspective as a way to round out and make more complete the story that your team is telling. Yes. Like, I mean, that we, sorry, I'm like, I'm, sorry, I'm using my hands. That's the Italian in me. <laughs> I'm emoting. Yeah. Yeah. This is my favorite. Like I, the best stories are the stories that are told together. Um, the best stories are stories that come from, you know, having again, an inclusive team, you know, there was this, some poor critic said something crazy about turning red um, and shame on him for saying that, you know, that beautiful um, animated film was too narrow and restrictive and people didn't get it. But I wonder if that story would have made it all the way through to posting if he surrounded himself with more um, people that don't look like himself. Uh, coming from media, I can tell you that um, the best stories that travel are the global stories. Um, and I think that, you know, when you start with storytelling, it starts with, am I serving the audience that I want to reach? Am I serving the business need? But also, am I inspiring others? <laughs> am I inspiring others? Am I creating space for others? And if you're talking about someone that doesn't look like you, Dia, are you telling a story in a way that you would feel proud to be represented? So we talked about, you know, action leadership. We talked a little bit about, um, you know, this idea of what it means to to be to take on the responsibility or to see yourself as a content creator. And you know, I, I talk a lot in my work around about you know, speaking courageously and what it means to speak courageously in a way that is aligned to who you actually are. And it is not an invitation to be reckless, destructive, confessional even. Yep. Um, it is not, it is not a, well, I'm just being honest moment. So how do we think about, how do, you know, young leaders that are on their pathway to growing their impact and reach, how do we think about, you know, folks who are already in a position to have huge impact and reach with their voices, um, you know, that, that has a lot of sway either because of their, you know, in, their just explicit role that they're in um, and what comes with that or, you know, whether they have a compelled following or not. How do we think about speaking courageously without being reckless? I think that when people speak out of anger, it comes from having their voice suppressed for a really long time. It's that passive aggressive thing. As you know, I'm very passionate about quite a few topics and I'm not afraid to use my voice when something is wrong. Um, but, you know, I have put in the time and have the receipts to show like how I got there. But I, I think that we're moving, but that's kind of, as I'm saying it, like some old school mentality, right? I think that anyone who has a voice or an opinion should be able to voice it and, and be heard. Um, I welcome and encourage debate. I, you know, that's how we get better and we all grow. Like I said, at the top of this, I'm still a work in progress myself. I don't have all the answers. I surround myself with very smart people, both on my team, my friends, the new friends that I um, engage with. Um, stay curious, but Arguing comes from when I think that you get so enraged, it comes out with rage 
And when you're yelling, people turn off. And so if you're trying to get something across, staying calm, um, and I hate to say this, <laughs> but taking the emotion out of it, because I'm a Black woman. And so, you know, I've had supervisors in the past who use passion as a negative. Mm. Um, and when you're Black in corporate or anywhere, uh, you run the risk of being an angry Black woman. And that's just a fallacy. Uh, you know, some people can uh, say something and it can be received in a way and other people receive it in a different way. Again, I encourage people to get outside of their silos and connect with other people so that we can get rid of that. Um, but 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 you but you need to you need you need to really uh, be in like what is upsetting you and then come back with a solution because just raging at the machine without a solution does not solve anything. Does that bring us back to action leadership? Correct. It always brings us back to action. Clo leadership. Close the loop. So, so can, can we just stay on this point a little bit around, you know, um, de, de charging something that's really important so that I heard you say so that you you're not labeled as the the angry black woman. Correct. Does that does that mean that your experience is that you cannot be you cannot have rage, or does it mean that you have to express rage in a very particular way? Does it get to be present? Do you get to be mad? I definitely get to be mad, and uh, at some point, because um, Dia, you know me, I'm very joyful, but some things make me angry. <laughs> And when things make me angry, I reserve the right to express myself. Um, and if you want to have the skills and tools that I bring to the job every day, then you need to create space for that. I'm never disrespectful. Um, I'm never, you know, irate. Uh, I'm not a screamer, but I am direct in the things that bother me. Um, Especially because in the space that I'm in, I want to make sure that I'm not creating space. I'm not going to cuss for not. You can. <laughs> I'm not going to create space for bullshit. I'm not going to create space for people to leverage the platforms that are out there to give permission to people to be assholes. <laughs> I hear this interesting tension around around letting ourselves letting ourselves and you saying, you know, yes, I'm allowed to be mad and I can get mad, but how do I do that in a way? How do I show up in a way that lets that be present without destroying something? You need to create space for conversation. And, and the conversation doesn't end until you both either agree or agree to disagree, but there needs to be a conversation. You uh, need to get um, I'm a builder of things. Uh, I, I like to launch new areas, grow. Um, you need to be comfortable with conflict in those spaces, right? But but you need to be okay with if someone says no, and you know that that's wrong, you need to feel comfortable enough to go back respectfully. I hear so much skillfulness in this. And as we kind of come to the, the close of our conversation, I know I'm thinking about if folks are listening to this, again, I'm going to go back to this early in their careers sort of state, folks who are aspiring to be in the role that you are in, Christina, women and other leaders looking to be in a place where they can have massive reach and massive impact. The, the, if you were to name uh, what skills 
this sounds very transactional, maybe it is, but you're talking about this in a way with a certain level of skillfulness and sophistication. What are the, what are the two or three skills that uh, leaders early in their careers can go get that helps them speak courageously without being reckless? I think that you need to be informed about the topics that you care about, like become a master of your space. And you do that by, you know, being a lifelong learner. <laughs> I know that sounds trite, but you don't just graduate from college and start working and that that's it. Um, I think that you um, start building a community, uh, you know, like have these conversations, not just in your head, but amongst your friends um, and uh, find someone that you respect. And, um, you know, I think mentorship, sponsorship, those are two very different things. Um, you know, a, a mentor is someone who helps you understand how to um, have the courageous conversations. A sponsor is the person in the room who understands what it is that you are trying to accomplish and, you know, puts their neck out up there so that you can get that opportunity. Get yourself a mentor early. And mentors don't always have to be up. Yes. Be lateral. I'm still learning. I learn from people on my own teams. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Dr. Stacy Blake Beard talks about reverse mentorship, even yes. like generationally the other way. So I might be as I am, you know, scraping at fifty and finding mentors who are in their twenties that can help me, as you say, become a master in my in my domain. Exactly. 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 And everybody, like, it's like if if you're a woman, you don't only need a woman mentor. If you're a man, you don't only need a man. If you're black, it doesn't have like, just find the person who is doing the work that you respect and connect with them. So I, I hear your answers around what skills do we need to get to be able to be, be, be later, you know, be able to have the capacity to speak courageously without being reckless. I heard you say these are more like pursuits to become a master in your own space. And, to, and I hear curiosity in there and sort of insatiable learning to, to you know, gather a community, to, to invest in community around you and to find the mentors and sponsor, sponsors that will help you be smart and maybe grow into your potential. 1,000%. And as you advance in your career, Make sure that you pull up those chairs so that you're not the only one in the room. Christina, what does it mean to you in a few sentences to lead with who you are? I think I I have been myself for so long. <laughs> it took me a while to understand that um, it was okay to be who I was, but also that I did not only have to be one thing. I didn't have to be something that I was not in order to become a leader. Um, the only way I know how to be is to be Christina. Um, I don't know how to be any other way anymore. And uh, what I hope is that I'm not the only one like that. I, I hope that I create space so that the people that I work with feel the same way, that they can be just authentically themselves, not leaving pieces of themselves at home, but like come to work and feel joyful because they're doing meaningful work that, 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 um, my friend Emma calls it soul work. There's space for that. And there's space to be yourself. Christina, thank you so much for being with us on lead with who you are. It's just such a, I am so compelled by you. Thank you. And I hope our, our listeners are compelled as well. Where can folks find you and find your work? 
um, on my LinkedIn page, uh, Christina Jones, on my um, Twitter handle, Christina M. Jones, um, uh, on your podcast. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. It's been Thank a joy, you. as always, to talk to you, Dia. Love it. See you around, Hurricanes. Lead With Who You Are is a production of Dia Bondi Communications. Scored, mixed, and produced by Arthur Leon Adams III. And executive produced by Mandy Miranda. You can reach out to us at hello at diabondi.com or leave us a voicemail at 341-333-2997. You can like, rate, share, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Go to diabondi.com for show notes and to learn about all it is that we do to help you speak powerfully and lead with who you are. Mm-hmm.